This podcast is brought to you by MVR Painting. MVR Painting is a Newcastle-based company with a passion for painting for well and truly over 10 years. They are a small crew making a big difference. If you want the brush with the best, make sure to contact MVR Painting. You can find their pages on Facebook or Instagram under MVR Painting or email them at mark at mvrpainting.com.au. Cheers, peeps. Guys, welcome back to the Top Deck Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in again for another episode. Um, first of all, if you're on in Newey, the weather on the weekend, mint. Dead set, awesome. Absolutely beautiful weather and it was great to be out on the beach just lapping up the sunshine. Anyhow, on this episode, guys, we got to sit down with a fellow Nova Cashew, Mr. Luke Connors. One half of Spartan Projects, uh, Newcastle-based building company here that are doing some marvellous things here in Newcastle, but not only just here, they're also taking their knowledge of the building industry and taking it to Paul to give back over there, which is um, which is quite outstanding and remarkable. So it was really good to talk to him about that. And um, we also dove in on, on another one of luke's passionate projects which is uh hashtag talk to me bro uh, mental health awareness which is something we've been talking about over the past few episodes so it was really good to sit down and have a chat with luke and um yeah and, and sort of discuss where he's come from and where he's going so i hope you guys enjoy let's go uh, let's get ready to Today is your day. Allow me to introduce myself. Top Deck. Top Deck. Top Deck. The, 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 the Top Deck Podcast. Now leave your brain stimulated. A bit nervous. Feels like I haven't been in here in a little while. Well, we um we went to someone else's studio last week, so. I know. It has been a while. Two weeks. I haven't been this bit jittery in a while, but I like it. The sweat. <laughs> the palms, man. They never lie. So. Hey, how, anyway. was, how was your long weekend? It's good, man. It's good. Thanks. So. Luke, how was your long weekend, mate? Hey, boys. Mine was amazing. Yeah, uh, cool. Went down to the snowy mountains to run a retreat for Talk To Me Bro and yeah. we lined up with Breathless and took 20 men down there for cold water submersion and um, some breath work and literally we changed lives, saved lives. It was amazing, hey. How good is that? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Sounds Ripper. a bit more entertaining than mine. Mine was, um, <laughs> but my my weekend served me how it was meant to. Like I, I went away with my partner. We're about to have a baby in six weeks and it was our last little hurrah away without the kids. And um, it was like we stayed at the, uh, yeah, Josh will laugh at this one, but we stayed at the um, Sofitel in Darling Harbour and just didn't go anywhere for the whole weekend. And it was the first time, you're sitting down, lucky, first time in fucking years, mate, that I've actually sat still for like a couple of days, you know, and I was so peaceful. Was it hard? It was very hard because <laughs> I'm always on the go, but it was peaceful and i just felt the peace inside me but i oh know it's all back to the hustle and bustle now it's we've <laughs> said it on previous podcasts like we could be here doing something but he's already in his head he's fucking already <laughs> up at greeted doing the fucking tiles or something you know what i mean so like he's just go 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 yeah, yeah. when you told me that the other day i was like Whew. but it was peaceful even in my gratitude at least i could sit there and i, I was like i'm Sorry, always man. connected to it but I could just feel the peace oozing out of me because, you know, I was just still, man, in my mind. I didn't have to be. Like, I didn't drive a car for, like, three days, you know. And just little things like that that you don't realise that you do every day. Like, you know, because you're at the higher higher conscience when you're driving your car. Like, man, I was was still, I was very relaxed. It was an awesome weekend. What was your biggest biggest learning in those three days of quiet? Biggest learning. Take more time to relax? 100%. I, I do need to do it more. I find it hard, like... I don't know, 
because I'm one, I'm an addict, and so I try to keep myself busy. And with all good things in my life, and um, but I do need to slow down. And like, obviously, we've got two kids at home. I've got a daughter that we get every second weekend, so it's always high, high octane at our house. But um, yeah, I do need to do it more. I, I am aware of it. I have been for a very long time. I just find it hard to stop. Mm. But um, I know, yeah, I learned, I learned a lot really yeah. about just about how peaceful it is when your mind shuts off for that <laughs> couple of days. It's relaxing, eh? It's <laughs> yeah. Like you didn't drive for three days. I felt like I drove for three days, man. Yeah. I, um, I ended up north up at Oluca, so crazy spot, man. Awesome. What so, a reward, though. I saw yeah. the pictures with you and your son. Like, yeah, so oh, um, awesome, man. Introduced fishing into his life. Yeah, like man. um, so he's only three and a half, and um, obviously you know he's still wouldn't know what's going on but just letting him have the reel and you know casting out for him and letting him wind it back in so that was pretty pretty cool man and he was he you know surprised me he was actually loving it so mm-hmm. it was good but yeah then so it was at the sunday morning we we're walking out to um to just fish off the break wall and um there was dolphins man right at the edge of the break wall like as we we're going but they had this fish trapped underneath the rock so they were just like there was three of them just like literally like on my Instagram, you can see the video. Um, like I would have been half a meter away from the dolphin, eh? Like incredible, man. And they were just stalking, trying to get under this rock where this fish was just shitting bricks. <laughs> like my life's done, you know what I mean? Like yeah, crazy, man. Like couldn't wow. believe it. Yeah, like I've and then, seen that. I was spinning out how close you were to it because obviously we see them from Blue Door and they're about two hundred, yeah. three hundred meters out, but never that close, man. Especially to the rocks. Yeah, like literally. Yeah, for me to that wall there, man. Like, uh, yeah, I was gobsmacked there. And, like, for a good 45 to an hour, like, yeah, it took, took Boss right down next to the water and he was loving it. So, yeah, it was um, Must have been starving. <laughs> well, it was funny. Like, he was pretty patient. And then when the other two would come back from the river and, like, come up next to him, then he had a real good go trying to get it. Like, he was like, hey, get away, get away. So, but, yeah, it was a good reward. But um, just, you know, crack of weather, man. It was just good. It's good to get up. Big drive, but it's... Good to get away up Rewarding. there. Yeah, a lot of nature, eh, up there. That's the one thing. Like, I was sitting like this on the back porch. Or the front. I, I think they call it the front. It's really the back of the house. because, But anyway, it's the front on the water side. And um, this bird man just landed on my foot. It scared the shit out of me. Flicked it off. But then just went to the chair next to me. And then, like, boss was just talking to him, saying hello. And then <laughs> it just started whistling and, twi- and chirping to it, eh? Like, just, yeah, 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 all the wildlife up there, eh? It's pretty crazy. Peaceful. Yeah, Very relaxing, peaceful. man. So. All right, well... Before we introduce our guest, um, Luke Connors. How you going, mate? Very Tell well. us a little Thank bit about you. yourself. So a little bit about me. Um, yeah, man, many w- talents. Yeah, man of many ventures. Ventures at the moment. So I have. I'm a builder, um, a soldier. Uh, got a coaching business, a speaking business. Um, you know, a men's group um, sort of hub at the moment, a company too. So I got. Fingers in all pies, First, play first grade soccer for Bell Swans. Yeah. Um, but at heart, I'm just, love being a boy, love being around the boys and connecting nice. with people and um, just in getting the most out of life, really. Yeah, nice. yeah. Have you always been like that as a young kid? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle, born and raised, yeah. Nice. Yeah, from mum on point. Shout out to the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> the kingdom? The kingdom. How yeah, I've never heard it be called that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, how, like how's your childhood and stuff good? Like, um, yeah. So, growing up, amazing parents, amazing parents. Uh, went to always looked after me. Always looked to, yeah, me and my younger brother got a brother that's four years younger than me, and 
um, sent us to Macquarie College. It was a private school and, yeah, I really looked after us, played soccer, sports my whole life. Probably a little bit more of a shy kid than so much now. You're always trying to, as a kid, reflecting. Mm. Yeah, you have your insecurities. and But it was always still a leader and, um, you know, in the group and the bo- around the boys. And the big shift in my life was uh, when, at 12, my parents uh, separated. And that sort of set me down a, a spiral of... Uh, a lot of trauma and a lot of when I look back I understand what it is now but mm. through the, the training I've done and diving into myself but it was definitely uh, I couldn't understand it I used to get these migraines that would make me vomit and um, yeah be sick all the time and I was just didn't know what even put, put it down to like lumps on my hands and, and that as a kid did and you rebel when that happened as big well big time yeah. big time so um, mum and me really went tooth and nail at each yeah. other um anger become my go-to response for the sadness that was underneath and not being able to regulate the emotions that were in me um, 14 i sort of moved out of home um and started living with the girlfriend's place and then from, with mates and mate to couch to couch and just didn't want to go home my parents there was always a house there for me for both of them they were amazing but i was just like i think subconsciously you're this is because of you so i'm going to hurt you as much yeah, as i can playing yeah. the victim sort yeah. of mentality yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, there was definitely a victim playing. Just a young boy yeah, in pain, trying to do what the best he could with mm. what he had around him. Yeah. That's the thing back then, you know, like same thing with my parents and, and you know, your mum. Like, you know, they don't know what we know now. You know what I mean? Mm. Like with all the education that we do and, and the programs you run, you know, you can educate those people that are fathers like, you know, Mark mm. and myself you know, with a three-year-old. So later on in life you can help them you know channel that you know i guess insecurities and and anger and that sort of thing and talk mm. to them where you know back back 30 years ago that sort of stuff wasn't around yeah i think i'm grateful for not grateful i shouldn't say i'm grateful because i've never met my dad before but i think it's been easier to get through obviously i had heaps of childhood trauma as well but it's been i played the victim up until i was 32 years old mm. you know and um but it was easier to play the victim just with my mum you know and her alcoholism and her struggles and abandonment issues it was like i played the victim to that but never my dad because Mm. he was just never present so i think like you said when you're 14 you've established yourself within yourself it'd be so much harder man to go through see your parents separate when you're already older uh, old enough to realize like the same as with my daughter she was seven months old when you know her mum left me so it hasn't traumatized her because she's now at an age where she sees me i'm in recovery i'm doing well for myself i'm trying to be the best role model as i can so it hasn't affected her too much so Mm. you know it's it's so hard there's a window there that it affects kids more than it does when they're younger you know Mm. what i mean so it's it's tough man it's It's crazy how you were breaking out in lumps and migraines Mm. it was a stress response to my body that was going on and didn't even know it at the time but Yeah, in, in hindsight now and reflection because we dive into the stuff I do, the NLP and the coaching and just, you know, the journey I've gone down is you dive into the the response and what's happening, being in core. So like what you guys are talking about, it's like we get to a point in our life and some people aren't there, even adults, where when you can reflect on everything that's happened to you and be like, I'm actually at cause for what's happened to every single part of my life and I've had to put myself there in one shape or the other. Mm. I had to let something happen in one shape or the other. You can be even worst case scenarios like people getting raped or people and they don't have any control of it. Yes, they can't control that situation but they can control how they respond from there and when you're in there 
and you act cause you control your life. Then from there, no one can have a grip on you anymore, and it's re- and then that releases the grip that once was once on you to go. No, this doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah, yeah right. and it was coming to that term over over time. Like it wasn't. I didn't get to there. It was a lot down the track. A lot of that time for years with my we can go into it for my army career and everything from there on until probably honestly probably only three years ago. Anger drove me. It drove mm-hmm. me to succeed. Yeah in a sense but it wasn't fulfillment that's not fulfillment do you feel like you succeed more now than what you did before oh it's defined for what succeed what success like yeah. like that fulfillment like when i talk about success before it was like everyone so my my driver um need was significance yep. and my that driver was i wanted to be, be significant so that people would see me so that i would be connected to them and then i'd be loved yep. so the at the root cause at the root of my everything was i just wanted to be loved mm-hmm. i just wanted to be enough maybe not even to others just to myself worthy of it so i would you know going through my story i, I fell into the army at 17 by chance it's like honestly fate and that kept me i was arrested at 14 that just kept me on this straight or narrow of i could have gone down another line the yep. group of friends i hanged around with that time most of them had gone the wrong way yeah yep. um and then so from there it just um you know that that drove like it, even going in still drove me to okay i wanted to be special forces at this early age i saw people so then i was like okay if i get through kapuka you know army a lot of people from externally go oh how, wow how awesome is that like you're a, i had this new little label above me mm-hmm. then the next one was special forces the next one was um working for myself at 21 getting deployed overseas i had all these little labels but i'd celebrate that win for two seconds and then i'd be off onto the next thing because it wasn't fulfilling i was just like boom just a little hit oh where's the next thing where's the next thing and i was always next 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 instead of just going like right now yeah fulfillment for sure like i I still do a lot of things but my perspective of it the story behind it is it's a heart to help it's a heart to serve others there's a fulfillment in it i don't need to do it i love doing it and I'm good in myself. I've never been happier, honestly, at this point in my life. Never been happier. So how was the army? How, how was it? Was that like, just like you said, did that just serve you in that time, or was it something that you really wanted to, you thought you wanted to do for the rest of your life? Or so, um, it was around twenty when I come back from. Um, I got a deployment at twenty, so I did three years as a carpenter apprentice. Hated my boss. He was like just honestly one of the hardest dudes ever to work for but i knew uh, i got back to a better relationship with my dad around that time and he sort of guided me into what are you learning from this what resilience is it building in you is it worth staying with him because this jobs we did just it, he had a massive impact on my life then that's that, that part of when i was in it i was like this is i hate this yeah. but when i reflect on it that shaped me those hard times shaped me if it wasn't for him who knows I, there's no way i would be able to start a business at 21 yep um, so then going into the army, so I hated him the whole time. I remember sitting at TAFE going, kids would be, the guys would be, love, I love carpentry, I've just frothed <laughs> it. And I was like, use a losers. As soon as I finished my apprenticeship, we're going straight to the army. That's usually what I'd say. I just like scrape in 50%, 51%. Just, mm. Like I hated it. It was because of the environment, not yeah. because of the yeah, carpentry. The like I, I enjoy it. Um, so I had this chance to deploy overseas and he had made it hard for me even going away on courses. So I wrote him a letter and put it in the mailbox and said, um, I'm moving inland with my girlfriend that was in the army at the time. It just disappeared. And then by the time I was overseas on the on the rotation, he couldn't get me off it. So it was good from there. So I deployed and 
in that we'll go in that story with my mate um but i deployed and really start having this heart for um special forces on that trip there and there's a guy called matt um on this trip that he was a corporal and he was just in my opinion the epitome of soldier he was a you know he would wouldn't ask you to do anything he wasn't going to do he would move towards the danger he would lead from the front he was physically robust mentally robust just epitome in my opinion um and coming so on that trip coming back home i was like yep it's sas that's what i want to do so i got promoted quickly at that point i was one of the i think at the time the youngest corporal in the australian army um another big tick look at but they're not enough where's the next where's the next where's the next um so then i went down this line of um getting ready for um, the sas and you know poured the next five years of my life from about 21 to 26 is when i sort of let it go two two times on selection or three times actually when and went 22 just went to the one day so the one day selection pass is a called a SFET, so special forces entry test so you do um um all these tests at night it's a push-up sit-ups um chin-ups a 3.2 webbing run with all your gear on you got to get under 16 minutes and then um uh pack march furthest distance in 90 minutes it's all through the night uh swim um 400 meter swim in all your gear and there's a time limit and then you finish that wait around for a bit and then you, it's about three four in the morning then you go and sit in a room with uh four sas dudes and get grilled on an interview <laughs> so you've got to pass that and then you've got to do a psych interview after that and then then they then they say yeah if if they want you or not it's so you compared against everyone else so you got the elite of the elite at once you go to perth for the 21 days and then so i made it through at 22 on that um on the one day thing got there and was just like i was a few like six weeks out and i was like i'm not ready for this i actually went and watched the movie that lone survivor movie yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. with my mates sitting in there and there the boys are walking out they're going how cool was that that was the best movie and i was like my heart was in my throat and i was like <laughs> i'm not ready for this like this is nuts because that's where i was going to so i actually pulled off the selection and went and traveled overseas for a while with a mate to um, kokoda and egypt and just made a, a contiguous through europe um come back home and i'll say yeah i'm ready for it so got ready for it went through that one day phase and end up in perth at 23 and i was again one of the youngest on the selection always this young the youngest one doing it a little like lukey and i love that being against sort of like the against the, the grain and yeah, yeah the odds yeah. and um so i got on selection and did really well and went deep into um selection i was on at day about 15 i think 15 16 and this weed started in my head about day nine and it was this comparison to the other dudes that were there and i was like some of these dudes have got like multiple afghan trips been like sergeants been in this full-time army for that long and just this comparison i'm not at that level and they normally take 20 guys and um right give or take and i'm like i'm not in the top 20 here and i don't know where it crept in it's in this phase when you're on your own you do about 120 k's um it's called happy wanderer just navigating checkpoint and checkpoint yeah uh and it just bang like i can't actually honestly it was like i left my body a bit and i next thing i know i was pulled myself off selection so there's three ways you can get out of selection they ask you to leave and they only do that at a midway point at the at the end of it medically withdrawn and by the back end once you get past about day nine you need to break something for them to medically withdraw you um they just say keep going or they put a note in your top pocket on your heart and it's withdraw own request you're asking to leave the course so i filled this out and asked to remove myself from the course so the next few days getting home i was fine um and then i rang my mate who i trained with a lot and that was over there and, and he i said he, he'd finished it and i said how'd you go and stuff and they said that they selected him i was over the moon for him i said how many did they take and he said 43 
And I just, re- I just remember, I got off the phone and I just lost Shattered. it. Day. Yeah, I just oh. broke into tears. And um, I remember driving to my girlfriend's parents' house. It was just me and her there. And I was just a mess. Mm. Like, what have I done? I've like dedicated years. Like I'd get up, finish training sessions at 10 o'clock at night. And I'd be up at four o'clock in the morning doing a pack march, 20Ks around the lake before anyone got up from work in the dark. Um, and back home before anyone saw me mm. like my body would ache i used to write contracts out to myself and say i like i swear to myself or i promise to myself that i will get up in the morning at this time to complete this training because it's for me and i'd sign it because i it was like so my body was just saying don't get out of bed don't just recover yeah. and i was like this drive to get there same sort of mentality as goggins yeah mm. you know that <laughs> you, you, to you, do you, it yeah yeah dave goggins you know he just talks about that inner that inner bitch that voice the voice talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it yesterday. Actually, I went for a for a five k run, and I nearly I nearly started like my body just started walking like almost like really slowing down, and I and that David Goggins thing just come to me because they were talking about it on the Rogan podcast, and I just screamed out to myself, "Hey!" Like through the headphones, everything like you're a fucking bitch, right? And then just took the pace back up. Yeah, yeah. Just it, had to tell myself. It's interesting how people talk in the, in this mental space of like give yourself positive reinforcement, all this stuff. I used to run and swear like yeah and see and this like and like run your little like bitch and i just i don't know if we're allowed to swear on this podcast i'd be like run your little bitch and like and i'd like visualize checkpoints of like my fit like this is how nuts i used to get with it like my family was there and i had to get in there under 40 seconds otherwise i'd be killed like it was like that and i'd like so i bust on those markers like it was like i was full in this zone (laughs) getting ready for it yeah but it drive that would drive me to a set yeah um heavy yeah so then coming back from there uh i was just for the next three four months i was just emotionally like i was fired to be around i was like how my missus stayed with me over that time like credit to her when she listens to this love you love you long time like she's been, <laughs> yeah, she's been so good to me so, um and still by me in, in my worst times and yeah then like now i'm yeah i'm blessed to be a different person i know that i show up as the person that she deserves yeah. um but yeah it was just I blame my friends. I blamed whoever I could around me because I was like, you know, that thing, show me your five friends. I'll show you your future. I was like, well, if I haven't made it, that's what, what? I was just looking for blame. Didn't want to go yeah. take ownership of it. Right. And then uh, a deployment come up for overseas. Another one, I took that. It was like I was running. I just had to find myself. And that was a tough deployment about four months. And then I come back home and um, then did another trip overseas to clear my head and did like Nepal and all through Scandinavia with one of my mates who does the talk to me, bro, now Jack. And it's funny how tiny and how the world works and i'll get there to that point in a bit but um we had no rights to be friends he was in another platoon he was a digger i was a corporal but we just hit it off and i remember we were sitting we were down on the weekend together but we're sitting in singapore just sketching on our notepads this trip because we said we wanted the whole idea of it was we're both into mma and he goes let's go to um let's go to thailand and i was like why don't we go to it's shifted from thailand i was like because you got a missus while we're over there actually that lived in finland i was like we'll go to scandinavia to meet her and i'll meet you over there if i do that it's nepal and the himalayas and mount everest and he go i said why don't we just go and fight with conor mcgregor big conor mcgregor fans in ireland and he's like nah surely not i was like yeah yeah, let's book the whole trip and we'll finish in dublin and then so we finished so we reached out john kavanagh and i read john kavanagh's book about sort of the same stuff overcoming his um you win or you learn amazing book about john more john's life than connor like it's huge about his story and um so we went over there and we landed into ireland and um connor was on the mats and it was like we met him it was a mate it was just he we were there the day he signed the fluid mayweather contract before he really went he was already big and well champion but he went after that you probably couldn't even get any access anywhere near him now um 
But that was incredible, like coming back. That story of me and Jack together doing it. And um, what so was he like? Connor. Yeah. Really, really um humbled. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how you see him as that big personality? Mm. It's business. It's yeah. business. And he 100%. and it's and people step up in the big moments too, I, I believe. Like even in myself sometimes, you'll see me like now I'm stepping up telling my story yeah. in this podcast and then when I got it like on the weekend, you got events, you got lies in your hand or whatever it is, business or whatever, you step up for it. But there's other times where we're also allowed to be quiet yeah, and be yeah. ourselves and be reserved. And I found him so reserved, so humble. And just like when he said, we said we're from Australia and being over there, he was like, you come all this way. Like it was just like this, he still had that little banner and that, you know, the charisma to him, but yeah. it wasn't that. No, yeah, and they, um, you know, it's business. You know, if you're in, you know, what you're a flock of sheep, man, in a herd. If you're not standing out, then it's advertising, really. Yeah, mm. exactly. So, you know, it's like that. Anthony Mundine. Yeah. Similar, I met him multiple times. He's humble as they come. You know, he does a lot for his community and stuff like that. But yeah. when, when from the outside looking in, a lot of people hate him because of how he is. Yeah, but that's similar. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's like um, Colby Covington. You know, um, <laughs> well, he, he was gonna get cut. Right, so the story and where he's like, because he's just the mouth now, you know, he reps the Donald Trump, make America great again <laughs> hat, um, you know, like just fucking loud. Anyway, like he, so he was going to get cut and then they offered him the Damian Meyer fight, who's a Brazilian over in Brazil. And so he went over there, fought him, beat him, finished him, I'm pretty sure. And then in the post-fight interview, was just like, yeah, fuck all these Brazilian, you know, filthy dogs and rah, rah, rah. Started talking smack. Started talking smack. And then the crowd blew up and he got noticed. And then he just held on to this character and kept going with it. And now, like, now he's one of the main dudes, you know what I mean? He went from, like, literally that was, he was going to get cut. Took that fight. And now he's, you know, he's one of the main men. Yeah. And what is it? Welterweight. So, yeah, Walter White, he's yeah. dangerous. He's dangerous. Cardio, right? like he's got a third lung, just crazy, but humbled. Yeah. You know, like that's what um, Joe Rogan and Cameron Hayes were talking about on his podcast because Cameron Hayes trains with him and he's like, you know, he's just humbled. Like this yeah. isn't who he is. It's just his business and this is his persona that he's built around. It's interesting, hey, that, that sport, the, the, the fight game is a definitely – it really People is, change. Yeah, yeah well, well Connor, actually, Connor created that. You know, he he did what he did, and he's making bank. And mm. you know, if you if you want to stand out, you got to do it. You know, mm. so yeah. Anyway, there you go. But you're right. Yeah, everyone just steps up for their moments. Yeah, the big ones. So yeah. So um, yeah, you finished in Dublin. So what we, was what was after that? So we come back home, and then it was fully like that was the big shift I think in my life. That time, a few months to reflect, and I come back home, made some big decisions, and then. I was like, yep, the Special Forces again. That's what I want to do. The time in um, overseas again, I was like, yep. How old were you at this point? 24, 25. Yeah. Right. 25. Um, so I got, body was good. Like it didn't only probably took me two months and I was good to go again. But it was here, mm-hmm. like mental game that I had to sort out. So I really sought out mentors, coaches, people that had done it before me. Went back to my mate, Matt. Um, and really started building a team around me because I was like, why am I? Why did I pull out last time? Like, what's going on here? And um, that's when I started going down the line of, in a sense, healing in myself and understanding my youth and my background and why I'm driving and, and this sort of thing. And, and big, three big things that come up to me at that time because I was still very focused on SAS. So I didn't probably want to drive into a few more stuff under it. was sort of, I went a few layers, but that was where I was stopping. Still needed that anger to drive me, still needed that some things so three big things come out of me was i want to serve australia at the highest level my wires i want to serve australia at the highest level i'm protected against counting terrorism and all that 
everything that comes with it. I wanted to help people that couldn't help themselves. I hated bullies as a kid. I used to get in fights with the bullies. Like I'd just pick people off that, um, yeah, thought they were too big for their shoes. Uh, and I just believe Taliban and ISIS were like that on a major scale. And um, the third one was I wanted to mentor and coach and speak. I looked up to people like we talked about, David Goggins, uh, Jocko Willink, Mark Donaldson. He was on one of um, the courses we were on beforehand. Uh, ben Robert Smith, those guys that had done huge feats. And I thought that was the epitome of life. Like they were just the guys I looked up to. Nothing else existed apart from those sort of yeah. soldiers. And, um, a good niche group of people, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I always believe as a kid – um, there was a few people in my life like my dad principal at the school and just a few people around there there's more of them that would say to me in their own way Luke you're not a bad person but the decisions you're making are the right ones that's <laughs> fucking spin out that you said that amount of people not to get off track but oh, um, the amount of people that have said to me including like i caused my daughter's mum so much fucking grief you know from mm. my addiction and at the end of the day i i caused that much trauma to her and probably unconsciously my daughter and she still would say to me mark you're not a bad person you just make really bad decisions yeah and like oh man i get goosebumps every time someone says that because i've like it makes me emotional as well because mm. it's been told so many times but for for once in my life today i believe it i know i'm a good person because i'm like this stuff and the stuff that i you know through the soul cafe and the stuff like that but i know i just find yourself yeah i, I believe i found my purpose and st- yeah you know, and and um but that just triggered me massively when you said that because you know she said that to me and there's like so many people that said you're not a bad person you just make really bad bad choices yeah it's so true hey and it's whether or not you listen to it at the time, like we don't, yeah. like we all know at some point we just go fob it off at that point in our life, but you remember it. Yeah. Something that in like your subconscious and neurology just ingrains in you, it just holds there. Because it's and the truth. It is. Yeah. And you keep it on the path, like you keep it, you go, I always felt like, you know, as a kid, I was outside, but I always knew where to get back to. Mm-hmm. It was fun while I was out there, but I knew where to get back to. I, I knew there was always a line that I was willing to. Mm push to but i wasn't going to go past it and it's, and i guess it's like when you said you know what did you just say then like there was the thing there and you knew how to get back to it mm. but what triggers you to actually go there's the wall we're stopping we're going this way and this you know we're getting back on path and and choosing the right choices and that sort of thing yeah, it's a bit of fate hey too and yeah it's the same thing like with me on weekends you know like like hitting the party scene and the drugs and everything knew it wasn't the right path but just kept doing it and doing it and doing it mm. and then um yeah, it wasn't until I sort of found fitness in that that it was like, there's the fucking wall, see you later, turn right, and we're on that path now. So. Mm. It's good. I've got a belief that what happens if life's always happening for us and not to us? Mm. If it's always happening for us and then at this point of life when that sort of dawns and just drops in on you and you think that maybe everything beforehand was a, a journey to get me to here to then move forward, it's like this conscious awakening of, Maybe I'm more, maybe I'm here to give more, maybe those lessons I needed to go through to get to this point, then you can you can release a lot of that, can't you? Yep. And you release all the grip that it has on you and just go, that was part of this journey. I needed to go through it. Because the world doesn't give you things that you can't handle. I truly believe that too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's open-mindedness. Like mm. once I open my mind to all that stuff you talk about, you know, like every, I'm grateful for every single thing that's happened to me in my life, good, bad and ugly, you know. Because like you said, it's formed me to learn. And well, to be honest, my like addiction for, got me to rehab. 
and I learnt so much about myself, you know. I was like shut off from the world and just remapped my whole way of thinking and been kicking golds two and a half years later. I haven't touched a drink or a drug or any mind-altering substance in two and a half years, you know, and like I couldn't go a day without thinking about that stuff so it's yeah it's crazy how the world works but yeah it it happens for a reason yeah definitely that's what we want to do i'll I'll find it again Um, you were at um yeah saying that well we've been to dublin we've come back from dublin (laughs) we worked out my wires yeah that's right and you're not Um, a bad person you just make bad choices yeah Yeah, and that's where i was going on the last why of people believing in me of where i was going and i like a big thing now for me is who was the person i needed as a kid and that's just where i put myself all the time even if it's an adult like i i can change the hats now I would do stuff in schools for 12-year-olds, put that hat on. 18, i put that hat on. Um, you know, if they're 50, I don't fully know where they're at, but I just go, let's just be compassionate, give love, give empathy, and hear them, see them, value them, acknowledge them. And, and, it goes, and listen, it goes a long way. Ask yeah. good questions, yep. and it goes a long way. So, yeah, I got back on the – I was like, yep, ready to go again. So back over to um, West, and this time there was no way that I haven't – 40 or 50 I'd finish it it was just like this thing was on steroids like this selection course it was the packs were heavier the tracks were so it was just like it was nuts so day we started 150 again uh, and day 3 there was 75 left it was just like they just cleaned us out and I was like I was cruising and um, we did a, a nav X probably like day 6 or 7 I was like no I did the most case that everyone on the course on that thing like I was just I was just in my element this is where I'm meant to be but I went there really with this open mind of I was 100% sure I'd end up being there and that's where my path was but I went with this open mind that this is a two-way interview even on the interview stuff when I was younger I was so nervous I was sitting in there going oh these these dudes are like superhuman mm. but this, the next time I come back it was probably after meeting like people like Connor and John and just my own journey but I was just like they're just human beings so I had this awareness of just being able to look them in the eye and go what's going on with you like a different sort <laughs> yeah, of perspective to, to do it just yeah. with that like it's um you know when you meet like these big guys, you know, like the Connors and that sort of thing. And you realise they're just normal people. And that's what sport's done for me, like, you know, this year with COVID. When you watch the NBA with no crowd, you know what I mean? They're just fucking normal people. The crowd really just highlights it and brings it up further. And you're like, fuck, you know, how sick are they, you know? But now when there's no crowd or anything and they're just balling, you know, you're like, no, they're just normal, dedicated people that put the work in, man. So Mm. It's a game changer to see where... The world moves too. Hey, like if we go a pivotal point now with COVID, you won't know it just yet. But ten years time, twenty years time, does it change people's perspective on a on a massive scale? Of, well, I could be more. I could do. I don't know. Do we do we create more people with in their greatness that step into their own greatness? Because I believe when you watch someone like that, like you hear the Eminem rap or you hear the see the Connor or you see him talk, you just go. There's a little bit of greatness that pulls on you that goes. I could do something. It's not exactly that, but I can do my own. You I'm unique inspired. in my yeah. I'm yeah. unique in my own way. Mm-hmm. What can I do that the world? What talent do I have? The world yeah. needs to see. Mm. I think you're for, yeah. you're forced to find your strengths through this COVID thing. You mm. know what I mean? It's yeah. either it can go either way. You can either get like go. You know, obviously mentally you can play well. You can yeah, play the victim game yeah, too, play, or you find your strengths. Like um, because you've got to change your mind and. We're too busy stuck in default settings and then this stuff makes you shift. Okay, I've got to think of something else. And mm. yeah, it can go either way for people. But well, it did it with gym owners. You know, they had yeah. to go to online. They had to adapt. Pivot. If they yeah. didn't pivot and adapt, then... Done. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Yeah. I wonder if we build a more resilient, we will be more resilient in times to come. Interesting. It's hard to put it out. You know, and even. Yeah, but it's, you know, change people now. Yeah, instead of going to, you know, Italy or New York for a holiday, you know, you go and try and get a tenant at a condiment. You can't, you can't buy tents <laughs> yeah. at Anacondamin, but it's great. Like everyone's yeah. out seeing Australia. Like you should be seeing your backyard before you go and see like, yeah. you know, yeah. other backyards. It should be the rule, eh? You <laughs> yeah. go to the airport, yeah. you got that like, yeah. little thing. Yeah. Have, have you, you been, been here? <laughs> have you been more to, more to four states? No. Yeah. Right. You're not, you're not leaving. <laughs> no, exactly. So, but um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's something that um, like COVID like made me realize like you, you hold LeBron and you hold these guys that you watch on watching in sports, you know, when there's that atmosphere and that crowd around, you're like, like it really just blows the sport up yeah. tremendously. Um, but after watching it with no crowds and you're just hearing a dribble or you're just hearing a body shot on MMA, it's, um, fuck, man, they're just normal Joe Blows. People. Yeah, they just put the work in. It'd be amazing if everyone could see the moment their, themselves in a perspective of themselves playing a sport, like saying that doing something that they're amazing at and actually see themselves and go, fuck, I am amazing. Because yep. we don't look at it. We look at someone else and go, how amazing they are. Are they, but we don't want to reflect back in the mirror and, and say, I was, we're I was amazing told too. something at rehab like that. It's like, you know, you are amazing. You are unique because there's not one other person in the world that is like mm. you. We're, that's why us as individuals, we are so special, man, because there's no one else like, there's no person exactly the same as me. You can't buy another person that looks like me, like maybe looks like me, but they're, they're not me. They're not you. So it's unique, man. It's pretty special when you dig deep like that and you can think. A unique thing like I found on the weekend, we can just go off tangent, we can come back to the story yeah, when we get there, okay. but like on the weekend, on I know where you're at in my head. Yeah, I can't repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> where the men's group that we went to and we hold a space, we call it like a, a love space and um, hold a, a a stick and they get to share their heart, whatever's on their mind. Um, standing in that, what it breaks down when the barriers are breaking down is we are all just one. We have the same fears, the same doubts, the same, yeah, everything in our life. We've all gone through the same struggles, a little bit different, but it's the yeah. similar. Yeah, very similar. And you understand that that's just another human being standing against you. But another thing that you re- have to reinforce is we're all one, but we are all so unique too yeah. because we all have something that we can give to the world that no one else can. And I guess when we're in that suicide line, it's something that I drive into people is like, if you if you leave now, like example, the one time in my life I've been suicidal was 17. When I broke up with my missus at the time. I wasn't suicidal, I was just in so much pain. That's the only way I could voice it. It only stuck for a few days and I had a mate, best mate that come and like looked after me, amazing friend. Um, and that was it. It was gone. So I've been fortunate in my life. But imagine if I imagine if I committed suicide then. Yeah. Imagine all the gifts, everything that I brought into the world. And that's not me yeah. boasting, but all the no, things that I, we do now. It. It's just imagine if it wasn't here. All the people, all the relationships, and family, everything was gone right now. There's so much to live for. Like if anyone's listening to this, it's like there's so much to live for. If you're in a dark place, yeah. Yeah. just get over the darkness, and then the next side, it's just it's yeah, waves and troughs in special. life. But it's um, it's you know like your hashtag man it's like talk to me bro you know it's just you know or if you don't hear from someone like we were just talking before outside like how we haven't someone was so proactive and and crazy on on social media and it's gone dead quiet at the moment that's what i said to you have you reached out and hit him up but i've run into it yeah into his missus this morning yeah Asked it, it was everything a rock is just yeah, but you you know you got to be consciously aware yeah that people mm. might so you, aren't you, being yeah, as active. and you see a sign and you just ring them or you text them and just say like are you going okay and are you right and you know 
maybe 80% of the time, you know, you're going to get a default answer back. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Huh. No, no. How are you really going? You know, let's yeah. talk yeah. to me, bro. Yeah, yeah talk, talk to me, bro. Me, Just, yeah, it's okay. That's why I love it. Like, it's an open ended question. You can't run from it. Yeah. Talk to me, bro. Yeah. No, you can't. can't. Just, it's not yes or no. no I don't want it. <laughs> yes no. or no. It's okay. like, well, why don't you want it? But, like, me just saying I don't want it, <laughs> we're still like, okay, well, why don't well, you want it? Well, there's something under that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. But that's the start of opening up. So, yeah. Yeah. so you can't you can't run from it. No, <laughs> you can't. It was a good one. Checking in, like, that one message saves someone's life just by sending it, like, could just be two love arts. Yeah, I'm thinking right. about you. Or yeah. I'm here if you need me. Yeah. yeah you don't want to go deeper in it. Like it's yeah. just, that can be enough to go, oh, I'm enough. I'm, I'm enough. Yeah. Stay here. Right. Yeah. And it ain't weak to speak. Mm. Uh, that's another one that's getting around there. Like just, yeah, reach out. Mm. That's right. So anyway. Keep rolling. Oh, yeah, so where were we? Day three. Yeah, you were looking. No, at interviewing. Yeah. And you were looking at them yeah. saying, what's oh, going on? Oh, it's just like a two way thing. It was yeah, day three. Yeah. Yeah. And um, delete that out of my memory. Yeah. So we just get. I just get rolling through with the whole with the, the process and you get form deep connections quickly on or something like that. And some of the conversations along guys were saying to me, I found a lot of people were running in that environment. They were either full time or they're trying to get there, so they stopped posting everywhere. Or they were that was their only outlet to get to SAS. And a few of them talking to me, they're like, Man, your life's so good at home. What are you doing here? I'm like, But it stuck with me like that. Mm. I was like, Oh, you know, I've got a big heart for this and, and yeah. talk it but stuck in my neurology and then um you know we got to i think about day nine or ten we were honestly down to about 40 people and my body i was singing hey my body was i was just built ready for it, it was good and we uh, started moving through and onto that happy wanderer phase and i got deep in that it's funny how the mind shuts off when the mind's in it and, and everything the body just keeps going when the mind stops and goes what am i doing here the body can just go bang straight away so i was 120 k's in six days over three days i've done 90 k's so i was like pretty much at 30 to go in three days like i was cruising and um and the fourth day i just started this thing come into me and it's this thing that now i've put down to so much as intuition and you know guidance of you're not meant to be here this isn't your journey. like and i really started thinking about family and started thinking about the people that mean most to me and what this meant because i it was so close like i could taste it and it really started this thing dawn on me like do you want to be here for the next 10 15 years this isn't five years i had this little dream that i'd be here for four or five years and then deploy once or twice and be out this place is going to change you you're not changing it and I, so i walked that day i did 12ks that day just the body slowing and i was like oh, i'll sleep on it tonight and got up in the morning and wake up in the morning and Went back on and got my gear on and I you know, started down the hill and I walked for about two hours and I, I was just like, nah, I'm done. This was my journey. It just dawned on me. I was, this was part of the journey. And I got to this valley, the tree, the sun was coming through the trees and it was, I walked down in this low of it in the bottom of the valley and I sat down and put my pack down and you never sit on your pack in the army, you kneel next to it just for your, just to sit, you can break stuff in it or just for the, um, your, your silhouettes higher. Yep. And I sat straight on my pack and it wasn't even a thought at the time, but when I reflect on it now, it was like, you're done. And uh, I said to myself, are you willing to face the consequences of what this means? And I was like, yep. And I was like, are you proud of yourself? I was like, I'm proud of myself. So I've got the radio and said, candidate 50, I wish, I wish to withdraw from SAS selection. And I come home and the guy was sitting in the car, like started driving back, picked me up and it's like, you know, tell me all the good things about being there. I should come back again and this and that. And I said, and I got on the interview with these guys as they panel you off and I said, how's it going? I just wanted to know. 
goes, man, you're all green lights. He goes, when, we, when I first walked out, he goes, what's wrong with you? You look all right. You get lost or something. Because like, oh. guys would come back in, they're just like dead. Yeah. Like full up and they're dead. There's like four guys in the tent that are dead. And I was like, just walked in smiling and what happened to you? And um, <laughs> you run out of water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was just like, he goes, you know, if you want to come back, we'll have you back. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be back, eh? And I come home and literally, I remember for the next month that followed, my missus just sat there just, she's like, watch me. When's he gonna tick? <laughs> When's he gonna blow away? Like I was just like, and I was like, I'm good. And it never come. The same anger, the same that stuff didn't come. And then I, um, I guess I walked into a Tony Robbins event a few months after that, and that's really set my line down, my life down a trajectory of where I've moved to now. That was a question um, that I had. Was there a specific moment in your life that you know, took you on the path that you're on now? Um, people ask that and I reflect on it is that also all of it all together yeah, like definitely. it is it's all of it all together and it's a heart like even when I come back there was a, a 21 I got in a rush that stuff that Sue does and mentored a young kid and watched the change of like I've always had that heart to serve um people and, and watch the shift in him it was also when I come back home Sue had that idea and, and said to me do you want to go sleep out on the streets mm. for a week with Soul Cafe because the year before I remember saying to her yeah, this we did the one night thing. I was like, this is good, but you don't understand what people are going through like over a full week. And then she rings me up and goes, I've had this thing. And then drops the sleep out on the week for the streets on it for a week. And I was like, I ring you back. She's like, she didn't have any good headspace. So I rang you back, like I let it plot over. And I was like, come back. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. That was one of the, in my whole extra career, like army and life, that was one of the scariest things I've ever done because I had Sue. Luke, who was 16 at the time, like mm. a, Sue's, what, 50? Yeah, yeah. Luke and me, and we've gone around Newcastle your whole life. Yeah. You don't look at Newcastle about mm. where to sleep, do you? No. And then when it's night and the streets are quiet and now I'm looking after a you – know, when you're overseas and you've got your boys next to you, you've got your boys next to you, you're sweet. Mm. But it's like now I'm looking after a 16-year-old kid pretty much, a young man mm. yeah. and a female, and I'm like, where do you put us? You put us down – do we hide in an alleyway? Or do you, like, where we can't be seen, what happens if someone comes in? Like, where no one knows we're there. Or do you sit in the middle of a park where everyone can see you? Something happens, you can yell out, like, you've got space yeah. to move. And uh, honestly, that was one of, the, like, the most fearful times in my life. But that also really sort of elevated me quickly. I started talking. I started get, mm. just talking about my, my story, my message, and, and serving people and seeing how we serve people and having people, like, a few nights out on the streets that were there that were homeless and just understanding their lives. And it sort of just... I think one thing after another sort of started building that momentum moving forward. Definitely then walking into Tony Robbins' event, UPW, sort of spiralled me more. And I had a, I had a, a, a mate um, that had um, was suicidal around that time too and I'd supported his life. And it was, then I just remember, I remember thinking at that event about my mates. Like I was like, oh, imagine all these tools now. I've healed a little bit. Like I still had to heal over a lot over time and there's still more layers. We all have layers that keep things pop up. Oh, what's that? But... I was like, oh, maybe I can help my friends. I realised actually when you become a coach, luckily in life, your mates don't want to hear what you've got to say to them. Like they just, they don't, that's the other thing too. They don't, sometimes they just want you to be your friend, but my heart was to help them. Yep. Um, and then a few months later, so that was in, was in November after that event, I was at uh, Kerwin Ray actually um, and doing his a business seminar with my business partner. And I got a phone call the second night that um, when we're walking back on the Sydney Harbour Bridge that Matt, that I deployed with, had killed himself. Yeah, and then that was the fuck. That Maybe. was a shift, mm. big one. If you go, if you go to one event, that was it. Mm. Yeah, right. I remember one of my mates rang me up in the army and said that another guy deployed me to his trust, and he's like, "Yeah, he said that to me." And I said, "Fuck off." 
I said, not Matt that, not Matt that had all the mindset, not the one I went to for the, yep. the resilience for the, what should I do with this? How should I feel with internally? Yeah. yeah. And I remember that night I got in the shower and I was like, I'm not going to let his legacy or him go in vain. I was, I was like, I'll do something big. Yep. Didn't know what it was. So I'll just do something big. And then, um, and then at his funeral, probably another thing that drove home, you know, he left behind his wife, three kids, um, both his parents. There's probably 500, 600 military personnel and friends there at the, that funeral. And, um, um, I just remember looking at it and reflecting. I was like, if he fucking wrote, reached out, 99% of these people would have flown out across the country for him, but he didn't want to. He would reach out if we were overseas for support in the combat zone, like in combat role. Um, but didn't want to reach out that, oh, hey, everything that's going on with me at home, I'm struggling. Yeah. Um, and that just drove... So then going in the story with Jack and what I told him, Jack lost his um, cousin, Matt, it was a bit before me, about six months before me, um, to suicide as well. Both of them didn't see it coming. No, one's, we didn't see it coming. There's a statistic out there at the moment, like 37% of uh, suicides, they don't see it coming. There's no known mental health signs and warnings beforehand. Yet there's 97% of the funding goes to treatment and 3% goes to prevention. So I'm like, Where, where's the fucking gap? Yeah. It's awesome that it's awesome that we have the things there that you can put up your hand and say, hey, I'm struggling, I need support. But I'm like, that's what taught me, bro. I'm like, where's the heart? What are we doing to the people that sit in the room that actually don't even know that they're going through anything, don't have anyone to talk to, and they're sitting there and we start sending them, spreading our message, and they're going, it's just ticking on them. That's me. That's me who they're talking to. I'm struggling. Yep. Go and get support. Go and reach out. I'm, we're here. People are here that want to listen to you like you are enough. It's, um, it's that fucking ego, you know. It's a, it's a hard thing to yeah. um you know for a lot of people to swallow like we we've, we've talked about it before you know like footy players they they talk about you know being tough you know the boys and and it's good like you got the Greg Inglis and these guys that are coming out now and Owe Craig and that sort of thing and they're mm. spreading awareness for it but um yeah a lot of people man struggle to um you know swallow that ego and actually reach out and you know talk to someone unfortunately and i think it's like um for i speak for myself but growing up and not having my family together. I just wanted to belong, and and I wanted to feel a part of, and um, that's what just when you were talking about that. When people sit there, <coughs> that's how I started to get into the program that I do now around my um, recovery. Is someone sat there and come into the rehab and shared their story of their life and how they got into addiction and how the program helps them live a better life. And it was my story. Like everything that he was saying, he played footy where I played footy, he was from where I was from and I was like, fuck, that's me, that's me, that's me and I was like, okay, this is where I need to be. So that's what's special about what you talk about there is like when you sit there and you do talk to people, they just they just want to resonate with someone, you know, especially when you're feeling lonely or isolated, you just want to feel a part of something. Mm. Is that power going? Like for me it's... Like, I know what I am. Like, I'm a leader in my field of what I do. Um, boys, boy, you know, a lot of mates love the boys, but it's being able to go, hey, because people, in a sense, look up to that in one way or shape or the other, or go, he's just a, like a, boy, a boy's boy. He's just a dude that likes, like, going out. But it's when you can sit there and open and go, drop into your vulnerable or your feminine side mm -hmm. or whatever it is and go, 
bro, I'm here for you in the dark times. I'm, I'm all about the banner. I'm all about spinning, spinning shit, yeah, putting shit on fun. mates. But it's all like um, the most fulfilling times in my life, that, that one mate, that there's, there's a few mates uh, and a few moments in my life, but the most fulfilling thing is being there for someone in their darkest hour. Mm. You don't look for it. Like I probably do a little bit more. Like I open myself up for it now. So more people come to me because I'm just there. I, have, I know how to support them. But yeah. when I first started, it wasn't that like one, one mate I have I had to go into his room one day and I wasn't sure what I was going to find. And um, I remember not knowing what to say. It was before I'd gone down all this line, but I just sat there and listened to him with my hand on his leg and just said, I got you. I didn't know what to say. It's a bit of grace. Yep. But and it was just by my presence and I was mm. like there was no phone, nothing else mattered. But I was like, oh, I'm here with you, connected, in presence, nothing else matters today but you. And when he had that, he, that he just started releasing. It's not any special talent, it's just listening and just being presently being there. And I got ya. I got ya. Um Yeah, and that's what we drive home. That's all it has to be. Is listen like it's so hard. We spe- spoke about it on a podcast before, you know, and I got told is take the cotton ball out of your ears and stick it in your mouth and just listen because mm. you know it's so hard for a lot of us to try to fix other people when they're in that and mm. they don't want to be fixed, they just want to be listened to. Yeah, I'll touch on that with the, the energy shift, and this is what we talk about. Like, thankfully for me. So I'll tell you a story about my missus. She's going to kill me for this on the <laughs> we're talking about. So <laughs> feminine energy, masculine energy. Yep. I'd probably put me very masculine, like always doing, 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 doing. I need I'm, One of my things at the moment, like listen, I need to step more into my feminine. I do it when I'm um, doing my programs and stuff, but I just that's something that's pulling on me. My missus, obviously female. So we connect. She connects over topics and to talk and connect and here's a problem and let's just talk about it. Me, I'm like, let's solve it. Yep. So she'll come home from school, same sort of thing. Kids are at school, um, primary school teacher, and she'll want to talk to me about what's going on. And I think that I can still be on the computer doing work and just give her, yeah, yeah, that's not connected. Like she's like, so I'm going, so I've learned, okay, I've got to put it all down and listen to her. Then she's telling me the story. So then what happens with my brain? What happens at school? Why don't you say that? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? <laughs> so my go-to question now is, this, is this a me fix it? Or is this a me listen? She said, this is a you listen. So, oh, right. so I sit there and I, <laughs> and I go, so I listen more and then she tell me more and I'm, I'm twitching. Oh, wait, so no, why don't you do this? And, no. and, and then she's like, and, and sometimes we'll get to the back end of it. I'm like, feel good? She's like, yeah. And then other times I'm like, can I still fix it? Like I can't help myself. But it's the same thing with guys. Like we need to step into that feminine energy and just go like when someone's coming to you the worst thing you can do is go oh yeah i've been around that yeah this is what i did mate or you'll get over it or, or that's yeah. the thing you don't listen to them you don't acknowledge them you just push away exactly what their problem they had like if you come in and say like you, you might have two exact situations say it's separation or your your, your relationship's broken up two guys perspectives is completely different completely so to just sit there and ask good questions and hear them is all you need to do. Yes, at times you could move, like if you have an experience at the back end of listening to them asking good questions, how does that feel? Tell me about how you feel right now. I couldn't imagine what you're going through. That's my go-to actually. I couldn't imagine what you're feeling right now. Tell me about it. Because even when someone dies or something, whatever they're going through, you don't understand their perspective of the world. It doesn't matter what it is. So tell me how you feel. Let me understand your world. Um, and then you could use your story to say, hey, like, if you don't mind me sharing, like I've gone through something similar, it's not the same, but I've done 
I did X, Y, and Z, and maybe that would help. Maybe you could try something similar like that. So you always have to bring it back to them. It's not like it's not your two seconds to, of fame to go, oh, this is what I did, rah, rah, and then make it about you. You just ruin the situation, and they won't come back to you again because of it. Mm-hmm. Frighten them off. Mm. Yeah, nice. So um, after the end of the military stuff, is that when you started your own building company? or? Well, I had it going the whole time when I was yeah, right. from 21. Yeah, okay. um, had a few guys at that point working for me. I sort of set it up that once I'd left, I was just going to go with another guy and work. And um, and it was it was all set up that I could just go and walk away. Um, but then when I come back, I got a business partner, Jace, that uh, he... Uh, was also in the military with me for years. Did a lot of um, recruit uh, our IETs and initial employment training together. Had a real good relationship, and I uh, sent him a message saying Spartan Projects 2019. I think because I always had that heart of where I was going into. You know, one of my favourite sayings is, um, "If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together." Um, so, you know, I had a heart for doing like what I'm doing now, a lot more ventures and stuff. And I was like, I can't do this alone. Um, nor, nor would I want to. It's not as much fun. When yeah, you, no, never. Yeah. We had a bit of fun, so. So we drove into that and started really driving the Spartan projects. And then um, at the same time, I just started more going to, I got NLP trained and been all over the road, world following Tony Robbins and different people in the game, um, speakers and Kevin Ray and just like different people to build myself learning NLP practitioner and then master prac and just driving tools into myself that I can help people and that's the way the one-on-one stuff come but it was probably more from it was all at once talk to me bro then started me and Jack saw talk to me bro started they they made these shirts for um, Jack's Matt yep. um, and Christy she's the founder that was her um, Matt was her husband and they had these shirts that they just the intention was just to sell shirts initially but then we they i was like man this is a massive let's just drive into this hard he started doing a few talks at school and we come back it, it was i don't know how long ago it was 15 months ago and we really started going let's drive into this hard um he'd already been doing a bit himself and i really took newcastle i was like just give me um i just saw where i could like we were in football we were linked to newcastle jets northern new south wales football military workplaces construction like some of the biggest mm. suicides men um yeah. construction workers fly fly out the military like yeah. services so i was just like get me in front of people so that's where i drove in with talking to me right and then i really got the heart for well not everyone's suicidal but fuck some people got some shit lies like yeah. they're not happy within themselves so that's when i guess the one-on-one coaching coming in because people were reaching out to me saying hey i'm not suicidal but like I'm not happy and I just wanted the tools there to be able to serve them as best I could so that's just where it set me down on this did you have avenue. to do like heaps of training before you done like all that talk to me bro stuff and like getting in front of people and <laughs> just think uh, I was fun yeah. I was just like what was that welcome to Carrington and with the headphones I was like Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I did a, it was like talks. I did a, a few beforehand. Yeah. It was honestly just driving in. Because that mental, that's actually the, the thing. Coming off, this is those lessons actually. This is normally my story pitch where we've just been talking. <laughs> so when I come back from the SAS, it was interesting how the world works. A week later, that one of the mentors I had said to me, come start talking in schools with me. I was just like, that thing that I thought that I had to be SAS for overnight, I was talking in schools. I thought that I had to do five years to be able to, keep speak coach and mentor people and that was probably where i got a lot of the skill sets to run um what i'm doing now 
Uh, I remember a few times. It, it comes down to grace and just faith in yourself mm-hmm. too. There's just a, it's a belief in yourself. People come to me and say, "Hey, can I run a like? Can I do something? Talk to me, bro." I'm like, find your network and then drive yeah. into it and so show some initiative and well, get it I, yourself. I only ask because um, Josh always says oh, you're really, really good at telling your story, and like I've been really fishing and talking and trying to like. I didn't know whether I had to study to try to go share my story or talk in front of people. It's your story. Huh? It's your story. Yeah, well, that's it. But, like, you know, overcoming them adversities and and being able to live the life that I have today and stuff like that. I had a good thought about something that we could do earlier. Because I hit you up ages ago, remember? And then you were similar to what you just said. You're like, yeah, well, you know, we'll sit down, we'll have a coffee, which we didn't really get a chance to because we're both pretty busy, I think. But, um, yeah, and then, like, fate, this... I started a podcast and yeah. couldn't wait to get you on to try to. But you have been you have been discussing about like looking at courses and that sort of thing yeah, to do just to, to do talking and that. So. Yeah, because I, I feel I've obviously got the painting company and you know it's a good career and I'm really good at it. But this is my passion. Yeah. When I can get people like yourself sit here, talk for three hours, four hours, however long it may be, and just learn and learn and learn about myself, about you, about Josh, and about the world and just everything, man. It's Fucking priceless, mm. absolutely priceless, and there's no monetary thing about it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's all driven from inside. It's fucking special, man. Yeah, it's it's that point that greatness in you. This is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had an idea about. That's right. We can talk about that after yeah, it. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> ties in with Soul Cafe. If you're listening, Sue Prosser, get us on board, <laughs> Sue get, Rick. Get, yeah, for sure. We're coming for you with a proposal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. She'd be down for sure. Yeah. yeah. Every time I see her, I'm like, I got Luke, got Luke coming on. She's like, oh, my son, my son. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely people. Always hits me up with the, oh my goodness. Oh, are you engaged? I was like, every time you do that, you put another month on to Regents. So I think it's 2025. She's like, oh no, oh no, Jen's is going to kill me. She's going to kill me. Love it. Lovely Love people. Yeah, Love amazing people. people. So then that was the, the one, that, the big thing that we did like that. And then the next one was, um, I wanted to serve overseas and help people can help themselves. I was in Nepal at the start of the year uh, doing a recce with Jen's um, to go and we're finding a place to go build in a third world country. I was on the radio maybe like... Uh, it's hard to, time gets away, 18 months ago or something now. And I said to the person on the radio, I'm taking my building company over to somewhere overseas to build because my heart come for in Australia. It's like, there's a lot of support here because I wanted to, what's my skill sets? I was like building, but I was like building homes for people that don't need them. There's a lot of support here in Australia and I couldn't really see straight away now a way to navigate that. I can see more visions actually now of how to do it down the line. But at that time, so I was like, from my experience from Nepal, I was like, I wasn't actually sure where it was, but I was at this Tony Robbins event last year in September and it just hit me. I was like, you made that, you said 12 months time you're going to be overseas and that was 12 months ago and you're not overseas yet. And I was like, fuck. So I reached out and this is the fate and grace, I think. So I reached out, I put on the, the big UPW chat, which is like 4,000 people on it. Hey, I have a building company. I want to come over. Um, does anyone have any way overseas that we could support? Went off the Richter. And a lot of people, ah, doesn't doesn't resonate, doesn't resonate that intuition. And this lady come uh, called Jackie, who's one of his head trainers, I didn't even know. And she said, we have this amazing project in um, in Bardia in Nepal. And then she goes, we need to catch up. But unfortunately, I'm going to San Diego for 
for the next course in a week's time. Um, we'll have to catch up when I get back to Sydney. I said, well, I'm actually on my way to San Diego as well. How's so when that? we're there, oh, let's catch up. Oh, wow. We literally had, and I believe, you know, there's that thing out there. Like, I'm a yes person. Sometimes it gets me in trouble. But <laughs> I truly believe where I'm at now in my journey of life is saying yes. I'll say yes to everything because I just make it work. People always say to me, do you have 30 hours in a day? I just make it work. Yes, I know there'll be a point in my life where I need to say no to me, but right now it's just things are moving. So we had three 15-minute conversations. The whole thing was booked. And she's just <laughs> yeah, like <wow. laughs> taking a building team over there. So we then we got back to um, Sydney. We, we met up in December, had one dinner with her and her husband and Jen's and me, and then that was it. Met them in Nepal. We trekked for a bit, and then we were building in. Like We went there. We spent about 10 days in Bardia. Um, just building this village. I went over a lot of the work and checked it all out. Jet school, uh, Jens was with the school kids, teaching them. I went in there. Like, it was amazing, like, just giving this experience. But the that network now with, even in the last six months, since, oh, it's, well, we're now nine months since I went there, that connection to Jackie and who I'm now connected with around mm. Australia, there's a lady called Heather Yearland who's, like, the number one, um, one of the biggest psych experts in the world in child's men, um, psychology and mental health and runs all these programs. She's hit me up, put me through a free program, pretty much took me under a wing to mentor to run programs for her and tie them in because we're running programs. Like, it's just, that's just the flow on effects. So I'm just saying that now of these things that are happening for me in my life. But it come for literally from, from this heart of mm. I just coming here to serve. I had no, there was nothing for me. I just want to take my building company over mm. to help out. The other one was that kid when I was 21 um, that I mentored. When I went to Sue, different stage in my life. So this one sounds bigger now, but at, at that stage, I was just 21 and the guy that I was subbing with had gone and got a uh, job with a TAFE. So I was literally like 21, very not sure where I'm going to go to work-wise. And I went. I remember seeing this person cross the road and they had this limp. And I sat there and I was having lunch in Sydney. I still remember the spot. And I, and I felt their pain. It's like I felt it in me. And it wasn't the limp. It was emotional trauma. I felt it looking across me. Now I'd get up and say something, like just, how are you going? But at that moment, I was like, oh, I didn't, couldn't, I wasn't, didn't have the tools in me. But I rang Sue straight away and I said, I want to do this Rust program. I want a kid. I just want to help someone. Went in this program for the training, sat down next to a guy, had three more years of work with that guy. He needed carpenters, literally like that. And my heart was never, I didn't know where I was going. But it was the faith of I'm coming to serve and give when I'm not sure where I'm going to move to. Things just happen for you. Yeah, um, so true, man. Yeah, so, so we're taking true. our building company back in. The idea was in April this year, but COVID knocked us back. But here, boys, here we go. I've got more boys on board now, and then they test on board. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Maddie and Jace. When they we don't know it yet. <laughs> yeah, when we go back over, so the plan's probably maybe, probably later next year. Big push, October, November. Thinking about going for a massive packet, and I just want to have as many people that want to come heart for service. Um, just come over there, do like a month, two weeks in the village. I'll probably be there longer. Help to support the village, and then go and track for a bit, and you can go home. Like, keep your time. I want to make a massive push because, like that, that's a ripple effect. That because everyone that goes there then just goes. I'll take me brush and roller. They need painters. Fuck, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. Let's just go. Yeah, let's no, go. Live no, your life by yes. Yeah, there will be no like no bigger reward, you know and doing something like that like it's so special man what you're doing there like and like you said other avenues open up unconsciously and you don't even expect it you know yeah if you go over there but, but you go for a harder service things yeah, just open man. up for you 100 percent for sure you can only keep what you got by giving it away can't you that's it yeah we can't keep everything eh? not at all i like it yeah Nepal. come on 
get the boys NHS on board. We'll go. <laughs> How balls are you reckon? Just get people over there that can help, like, and you got yeah. a heart for service. Yeah, you could change right. that whole that whole community could get changed. Yeah, like that in a month. Mm-hmm. All the people going over there, the tourists that like, and just draw pour money in, but also. Who are these people that just turned up to help me? Why did they do that? Imagine the, the kids mm. in that village are gay. Those people come over here and help me and I didn't. Why? Now they go and help when they have more. That's and it's just a ripple yeah, effect. Right. You guys, like, or you might, something might just plant a seed and you go, oh, I'm going to go do this. And it's yeah. just, that just caused a ripple effect across, who knows? So true. So mm. true. So what, um, yeah, what was next after that, mate? You got many things I wrote, like uh, wrote down. You got to talk to me, bro. You, well, recently you just did the mindset mastery. What? Tell us a bit about that. So that was the my masters in NLP yeah. and timeline therapy. And so what? What? Like, what, what was that? Like, just, <laughs> um, that's really like the one-on-one, the coaching yeah, right. stuff, tools in that. Um, I I put programs together which I move people through, like like a six-month sort of thing of. Because I really believe I got coaches myself. It's so not just me. I have people. I truly believe if you want to move quickly, find someone that's doing what you want to do and replicate them. Um, so the the NLP really gets down to the crux quickly of emotional trauma. Mm. So it's diving in deep. You got to be ready for it, but it's diving in deep and releasing anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt, and they're the big negative emotions. If once you can release those, and it's through this timeline process, like people come back and they're just like completely new people and then from there because people go i want to change and i want to shift but say for me with sas why did i want to be sas like i could i could support someone going to a goal or a dream but if they're not in their true core and they're doing it for another an ego sense are you actually really supporting them or they yeah you might be on their journey like who am i to decide on that but like my belief is if someone's ready to get rid of all the baggage heal the inner child Mm. and then start going once we've released that our limiting decisions realign our values and go wow who's this new person that i am now let's go and change the world now let's go and like make change my own world like who do i actually want to be at that point there so that's what the the nlp is like i'm passionate about that um and it's helped me a lot with sort of the one-on-one um so yeah and in so in a group setting and someone comes out to you like we had one the other day at this um retreat i don't i don't feel like living anymore this is my last straw Wow. Like, that's huge that is heavy very yeah. heavy and i honestly believe like and i was just like step into it mm. you got it and he, this guy and the day just we had a huge intervention with him yeah. i wouldn't have been able to do that even six like without even that course recently mm. like and i honestly believe um the, like the world gives you what you're ready for at the time like i believe and i say in the in the talk to me where talks because we we drive in um how to look after i and if you're struggling and how to look after someone else they're struggling at service level all the way down to oh, I'm suicidal. And I say to them, you should be listening to what I'm saying right now because like, the world's funny. You'll walk out the door and you'll walk, run into someone that's suicidal and you'll have to deal with this and they start, the ears pop up quickly. And that's true, it happens. You just walk out, you get these new tools and the world goes, handball, use it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, step into it. And I got this prayer that I say to myself like, I don't even know where my religious background is anymore. I grew up in the church, but I'm just this universal me, like force that, yeah. And um, I just say, I've got two actually, but this one I say, I've put in the work, I've shown up, now please use me. And I just say it over again, please use me. And it's just this faith that what needs to come out of my mouth will come out of my mouth, that the energy will be there. I once had a talk actually with this school thing. I went and did early on 
come out and I, I smashed a few and then there was this one event this lady that this mentor put me in and she was going through a stuff at her own time and I didn't realize she was going through a lot and she sort of said oh it's just a one hour talk and I had a few slides end up being a four and a half hour talk I was like I'm not fucking ready for this but I remember that morning literally saying this this prayer just please give me whatever I need today to support these lives I can't even tell you what I said over those four hours at the time but I walked out of there and I guarantee you out of that place you got half a million carpenters and so I'm just coming out like the boys were just the boys were pumped. one of the teachers walked up to me and goes to me I'd follow you anywhere and I was just like <laughs> like that was huge like but it was that faith and then the next week this is the story and the next week I went to a school and I was like huh one hour in the afternoon I was like oh smashes out of the park didn't prepare emotionally wasn't there like physically wasn't there I was like like ego was in there mm. oh, I just smashed it out I'll smash that one the other week this would be fine I went in that was the worst talk I've ever done couldn't hold the room couldn't do like I wasn't there in presence and I promised to myself from that day onwards I'll never not prepare for anything that I yeah. go to so I was like I'll put in the work I showed up now please use me yep. how do you prepare for for a talk I just say those things like I just it's just emotionally my other one's like um, I now command my subconscious mind to deliver me and helping as many people today to better their life. Give me the strength, the words, the emotion, the humor, the brevity, the emotion. I go on rant, like the articulation, like the wisdom, the love. The, yeah, boom, yourself. boom. And I just go, whatever I need to show these people and get these people to change their lives now. And I just do that on repeat. But also like a, a big talk, like mm. if the other, like at the start of the year, I was pitching to well, another fate thing, we turn up and the, things connect and dots connect but I turned up to I said to my little brother he worked for Northern and I said I want to get in with the Newcastle Jets it's like let's go to that and he goes I said give me Laurie McKinnon's number and he's like the CEO and he's like nah 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 and I was like yeah, give me his number and I was like nah nah I said, Come on. <laughs> and I was like I won't tell him it's from you I'll tell him it's from these other boys and I, got, I pulled it out he's my little brother <laughs> message Laurie and everyone's going don't just email just email them and just go through the process don't go straight to Laurie I was like nah one one phone call with Laurie's like I'm in we talked to me bro I was like think outside the box like how long could have it taken we might yeah. never have got there yeah exactly then I go to the day to meet him to pitch it CEO and another uh, marketing chick from northern New South Wales football's there and they go hey we love what you're about um, you won this football last year I won first grade last year with Belsons and they're like, yeah, we know you, blah, blah, we know your brother, like just a connection. Oh, it's mental health year for us, dude. Do you want to just be part of, we'll have to talk to me, bro. We love it. I was like, Phew. and then it was like a, ne a few weeks later, it was like uh, a talk, the season launch where they, they signed everything. And it was a talk in front of maybe 350, 400 people in that, in the room. So you got like chairman, presidents, captains. It's just before COVID, like everyone that's someone in Newcastle football was there. Just people. Yeah, they're just, just people. people. They are just people, yeah. But in terms of what they can, their, their position to make something move to help more people's the lives. possible network from that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Incredible. huge. And um, so I just, yeah, I wrote out this speech, like did this speech constantly. I voiced it over my phone. I just drive in my car and do it again and again. But I also have the faith that don't go in and read. Nah. Say your truth Authentic, in it. Authentic, yeah. And then it will come. The words mm. will come that you need. And um, So true. Yeah, Very. it's having that faith of it, it would just come. And I remember standing next to Mick Stafford, he won't mind me saying this either, my, my first grade coach. So he had to talk a little bit about, because Belson's won the grand final, so he had to speak a bit, and he got really nervous about the whole thing. And I remember him just, I remember looking at him, he's like, he's in his body. And I just put my hand on his shoulder and I said, it's not about you. We're, we're here to support these lives. What, what this means when we deliver here, not just to the people in the room, it's all the people, the networks that we can help, the people that we can help. And I said, it's not fucking about you get out of your head and his whole body just went Phew. and then we walked up on stage and I delivered 
I don't even know again what I said. It was the best talk I've ever done. Like, you could feel, see a pin drop in the room. And then this was even more, like I was ready for it. But the, the mic went to staff and he shared this piece, three minutes about his dad and about the mental health journey that he went through and losing his dad and what it meant to him. That was just, it was just the icing on the cake. And it's mm. just like we walked out of there and you just knew you had the community on board. And yeah. um, and he came out and goes to me, did I just fucking embarrass myself? What did I say? Like, it was full, just overwhelmed. And I was like, man, you just delivered the punch. Like, that was what you just said was amazing. He goes, fuck, I need to stop doing this. I need to stop following you. What you're doing. He, goes, he goes, get me a beer. He goes, that's the last time I'm on stage this year. <laughs> but uh, how special. It's that faith, like, that's just going to come when you ask how to do it. It's just, it'll work for you. When your heart's in the right place, it'll work for you. Yeah, it will. That's, um, yeah. Yeah, you have your ritual. And that's like that book that I posted on our social media mm. that, um, was it best self? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the that guy he's um he he works with people and that sort of thing to um you know bring them back and 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 better themselves and that sort of thing. And um he's he's a bit of a mentor for Doctor Phil. Um, yeah, well, yeah, and um and he's been on his show quite a few times as well. And um he actually his ritual is he goes to a bathroom before and it could be at the airport when he flies in it could be at the service station before he goes to the person's house but he, and he gets on the floor and says these words over and over again but he puts himself in a vulnerable position and then over overplays all these words and then that's it that's his ritual and then he goes about his day and goes in to help these people but he makes sure he puts himself in a vulnerable position just to lower himself down and bring him back to reality and yeah, yeah it's from the heart hey yeah like exactly from yeah. The heart. so Breath work is another big one for me, like the Wim Hof method and stuff we do on the weekend. And yeah, got his app. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, like even when I come here today, I breathe before I come. I always yeah. breathe before because you got egos coming in. You know, b- mm. building gives game very yeah. Yeah, ego to see. So like I don't try more to always step out, but you st- you come in sometimes, and you got the world happening around you. Mm. So come back to now. Turn your mind off from everything. Be present, and it comes. Yeah, you can't yeah. turn your ego off. But you no. can become much more aware of when it's coming and yeah. and equip your tools to um to Use deal with it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's coming from that heartfelt place. Like I breathe and gets me back to heart center, and yeah. then I just can deliver so much more from heart rather than head. head. Yeah. yeah. So these um these retreats you go on, I'm I'm intrigued. What are they about? What are what's the go? Well, we might have to come along to find out. <laughs> when is it's, your next one? Do one in summer, and then yeah. we'll be back down in the snowies again. Um, got a good. Awesome partnership with Johannes now, this breathwork stuff. But yeah, nice. for example, from this weekend, like we portray it a bit, oh, not letting all the secrets out, but we portray it like honestly, like, you know, you were coming down, we're doing breathwork and cold water submersion. And for men, there's a bit of that challenge there. Well, I wonder if I'm tough enough to go and do it. They know what it's about. Like we dive deep into just that. This is the vulner- power of vulnerability. We had this space on the weekend and you, you do every time you set it up there's always the nerves it's just going to go right it's the right energies the right people but i just you have that faith again it's, we have the right people in the room and just trust we opened we did breath work first day we got there and literally um then we opened, went around the room why are you here what do you want to get out of this one guy there it wasn't us like the facilitators there was one guy there that was vulnerable enough to start opening up about you know his story and then that just sent this the scene. Everyone bounced around mm. the room, and I was like, "We're deeper than I've ever been to want to talk to me, bro." Talk before, yeah, nice. before like that. Like everyone was there to get something out of yeah, it. Of then we went for a walk, um, trek through the mountains. So it was like, you know, we sort of used the analogy that 
we're facing our own mountain. Yep. It might not be the mountain, it might be the mountain internally. Yeah, of no. course. Um, and then get in the water and um, we did a sort of a group together and one group goes in first. So we do a lot of swims over the course of the weekend, but we, one group goes in first. Um, they spend like five, six, seven minutes in the water and then get out. And it's like when you're in a, in a uh, like a, a bubble together looking at each other, there's just that. Yeah, we got this together. We're in this together. Yep. And then we, as we got, we buddied up with the people on the outside. So we got out and allowed those because you're walking on the snow like it's so cold. And um, we allowed them to dry us and dress us and get us hot cocoa and um, cacao. Sorry, and and so support. So because as men, we don't like to like we don't like to ask for support. So it's relinquishing control and saying that oh, I'm not fully in control here. I need help to tie up my shoelaces and put my socks on. And then we vice versa. Yep. Flip it, head back. So over the weekend, we just dive into. Um, yeah, banner, but then also what's really going on in our heart and, and hold space for guys just to share what's what's coming up. Like we had on this retreat just went, we had three guys that put up their hand that said, we do a thing like, are you suicide, like start service level and go down? And we said, you know, who, who do we know that's been suicidal? And yep. hands go up. And then um, have you ever been suicidal? And a few hands go up and put your, leave your hand up if you're suicidal now. There's a few hands up in there. Those men left that room like left that three days completely different guys mm-hmm. um, realising that they're seen heard valued and respected and to save lives and change lives like that you can't put a price on it no not at all I th- and vulnerability is a huge thing and I, I've said it before on the podcast like you know it was what May May last year when I split with my partner mm-hmm. and um, and I had to 22nd was it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no no, the night before, day yeah, before. 22nd. Oh, because the 23rd's your, the 23rd's your, your birthday. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so on the 22nd and um, it might have been April then actually. And, um, you know, I had, to, so I rang Mark, you know, and, you know, bawling my eyes out and everything. And because um, I, I left my kid and, and I didn't have a place to stay. And then Mark put me um, on his lounge down here. And then the next morning I woke up and it was his right. one year sobriety. <laughs> And it just happened to be like that, you know what I mean? Like out of all the years we've known each other and everything, yeah. That and Josh when, when I needed somewhere well. to, you know, for you know, for somewhere to be, mm, it just special. happened to be, yeah. So um, we had breakfast and that in the morning, and then um, and then I went along with you to the to your meeting that night for your one year, and um, but just looking at like from the outside in and seeing where Mark had come from and then him opening up at that meeting and being vulnerable, like it just was like a boom, like an eye opener, like, wow, like that's powerful. You know, that's so powerful. And mm. the self growth and that, that you get from just becoming vulnerable and opening it up all these, you know, opening the gate pretty much, opening the floodgate and letting it out. Yeah. You, I could just see it. And it was, um, yeah, it was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I need to do. So magic. Yeah. But like you say, you know, fate, like just that. Yeah crazy just to wake up on your one year yeah couldn't believe it i think the more that you follow your intuition and step into your truth the world starts i just like even in the last this even this last few months i just keep pinching myself at stuff that's popping up and i and i I got this analogy and i I do believe is if it's just coming to me now to to say this it's a feather the brick in the bus have you heard it before No. no so it's like life gets on the doorstep and tickles you. Move here. This is not what you're meant to be doing. Move here. And you just push it aside. No, no, I'll just stay in this same place or same pattern or same relationship or whatever it is. Maybe it's and you need to step further into your relationship or lean in or lean in, like whatever. Yeah. But it tickles you. 
And then the next thing you know, the brick hits you in the head. And it's like, what was that? Oh, I'm not going to listen to it. And you stay on that same thing. And then finally it's the bus hits you and you see people like just chaos happens around them. And then they still get on the same, they get back, oh, they dust themselves off, recover for whatever it is, and then just keep going on the same journey. And you go, lucky kidding me? And, and then it starts again. The universe mm-hmm. is going, come on, please move. And I, I and I believe in me is, some people say to me, you're lucky and stuff like, oh, you've got so much happening for you. It's just, and I'm like, I genuinely think, believe this is a thing that's come on to me recently is I constantly listen to move into your true self. And it's like the world keeps going, here you go, have this. You're actually mm-hmm. serving me. You're helping me on a universal level. You're you're doing something. Here, have this. Move to this. And it's giving me things that I don't... I'm listening to the feather all the time and not the fucking br- the bath. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd, if someone's listening to this. No, it's, well, it's true because uh, you didn't make it when we went out for dinner last week. No. But um, one of the boys, that's what he said. He said, you know, he goes down and he does these things and there'll be, you know, he'll... You know he'll get you know he's whether it's you know his partner or or the brick or the bus they you know they'll say things you know like you know get into him what are you doing rah rah that's what he said he goes you know i know i know what i'm doing wrong or whatever but it's not till it's fucking you're set with an ultimatum <laughs> that he mm. actually changes the way you know or his behaviors like yeah it's funny yeah pain or pleasure will move people it's the two things <laughs> it's true but normally how, pain but how long do we sit in it for <laughs> For that's me, the thing. For me, oh, so you got to get the leverage so to go bang. Yeah. Enough's enough, bang. Right. Like, mm-hmm. even, even if you've got to make the leverage on yourself, yeah. sort of like even when I was talking about a different analogy, but when I was yep. running with this, like for the trainer, if I didn't get there in 40 seconds, yeah. parent, like this, you could even make it in yourself. If I don't move from here and just come up with the, your worst case scenario and then shift, like, yeah. 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 So with your um, retreats, how do you go about getting into those? Is it a process or is it a, you know, you just sort of put your name down and there's turn spots up. or... Yeah, turn up. Yep. Yeah, you keen? Hey? Keen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. please, no, yeah. Honestly, like, follow our Talk To Me Bro page or uh, it's on Instagram and Facebook and, yeah, we'll be running my own ones and stuff coming up mm. soon too. And Winter, definitely yeah, winter. Winter will be... If we're going to do one in summer, more of like an adventure camp in yep. early January... Or late January, early Feb. And what do they go for, uh, roughly, like, a Over days? a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Friday to Sunday. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh, but that, that one will be a bit more boy, I think. This one we're going to... Like, it, they're all boy, but this one will be, like... You know, we'd be playing not so much hiking in the water. It'd be more... We'll have to use the, what we got around yeah. us. Get resourceful. Bit of a change in, in weather and that sort of thing, yeah. so you have to adapt to it. Yeah, no. It'll still be... Come there and have a chat and just hang out with awesome people that care about life and care about you and um, be seen, be heard, be appreciated and... Do the same for some other people. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. Nice. So I had just last couple of questions. Um, like, how do you balance all this busyness? How do you, how do you balance that thirty hours yeah. in a day? <laughs> what's that? What's because I struggle with that. That's why I ask these questions. Probably, my, I don't ask for the listeners. I ask these questions for <laughs> me, and hopefully they get something out of it. But like, I have a minute things going on compared to what you do. But like, it's balance. I, I'm even going. Real, like all in on my not all in mostly in on this one and these ones are just cruising along or you know i'm ebbing ebbing flowing like sort of through things how do you balance like how do you or you just get like, amazing people around you yeah fair cool. empower them for your mission your vision good listen team to, listen to their vision too you need a team around you mm-hmm. um hopefully tie in together the same vision and mission um but then you got to be relentless on yourself and I think if you have a hard enough why, mm. which I found 
really building that why and I drive in, I re- reflect on it a lot where my why is. And sometimes I get le- like that leverage again. If I don't do this, is someone's life going to, am I going to miss someone that might need it to hear what I had to say? And then that's hard leverage, but then I go, get the fuck out of bed. Um, it's funny you say that. Yeah. I do the exact same thing in the mornings. I'd write a gr- gratitude list and I just like ended up oh, a few, fair few months ago now, I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to put it on my story. Like just for myself, but not, I don't want any recognition from it, but like people write and go, oh, like the lady that works at the gym, she goes, I see you out there at 4.30. And I said, yeah, I'm writing my gratitude list before the gym opens, before I go and train. And she goes, oh. And then this morning she goes to me, I started writing a gratitude list. It's bloody amazing. She goes, it's so amazing. I had a bad day yesterday and uh, when I wrote on it, like I just felt so free. I get goosebumps now. How good's that? I've seen it, man, and I've actually been inspired by it. So I I was like, we can all inspire each other. I've seen it and I'm like, that's awesome. And like when she came, it just made my day because I'm like, oh, I don't, this is the repayment, like, in life like this is this is like man you know, can't put a price you, on you that can't, hey. you really can't you know and exactly what you're doing with your sort of stuff you know what mm. i mean it's just unconsciously we're just helping each other mm. and when like and that's what josh always says about his um his social media and that like it's just all positive stuff on there so you, cre- you get to create your own world yeah you know, and that's the special part about it all create yeah that's my, fa- my thing at the moment create your job or create the what you not a job is to create what you picture. People yeah. come like people come to me for jobs and positions and that, and I'm like create it. Yeah, same with taught me, bro. They come along and say, create it. Tell me what you can do. Like just that's my thing. Like because just get resourceful. Yeah, jo- get right. out of what you can't do. And this, the world. I hate the world. The word "can't" doesn't exist. But just get out of yourself <laughs> and just get into your true power. One of my big things is um, when I'm in my power. Twelve months from now, that's what I say to myself. When I'm in my power, or when I'm in my greatness, twelve months from now. What does Luke decide for Luke now? And then I make a decision based off that. Yeah. Fucking interesting. I like it. Do you read much? I wish more. Yeah. But yeah, as much as I can. I probably, I dive into immersion events. It's my big one. I'm a lot like you with that. I can't sit still for a while. Yeah. Obviously, all I'm doing. And uh, I can even see when we're sitting on the chairs just spinning. (laughs) Like, I can't sit still. Um, So I found to get the biggest movement yeah like books are awesome if everyone's different but for me when i dive into something for four days and i'm immersed in it there's nothing else around me i come out of that four days pretty like a different person and i got all these skills and tools within me but i try and audio books i get onto and yep. podcasts just because mm. in the car and time if you could say sort of one book that sort of helped you a lot or audio book what do you reckon you could narrow that down oh, to? oh i got it for sure um the Alchemist yep. by Paulo Coelho. Have you listened to it? No, no. I, I like I like to read. I, I feel like if um you know the future me in in twenty years, if I can look at a bookshelf and you know and for my young fella and say you know this is what I read, have a crack at this. You know what I mean? And and yeah, I just yeah I like to read and have a book and then I can put it back and I've done it. You know, awesome. Yeah, I've got a big bookshelf. I haven't read them all yet. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. That's yeah. yeah. Do you? So I don't know. See, if I'll only buy a book. Like I'll buy three at a time, and I have to finish a book before I start a new one. But um, I want to do. I don't have a bookshelf. I really yet at all. I just you know I just have them laying on the on the bloody one of the tables there and they're just squashed together or whatever. But um, one of my mates, what he does, which is what I'll do with books, was 
with his DVDs. He collected DVDs back in the day, you know, and he'd have them all, but it, well, the ones he'd never watch, he'd pull them out. So that's what I'd do with the bookshelf. I'd have them all and they'd all be flush, except the ones that I've read and then just have them out. So. Oh, yeah, so you have to get yeah. to the... Good idea. Yeah. yeah, but I just like have a hard copy, um, highlight things in it, write in it, that mm. sort of thing. So, yeah, and then you can just go back and... Yeah, know. I like that, just scribbling all over books, hey? Yeah, you can go back to it, back in, you know... You learn so much more, like they say, right when you're listening like to someone. Like when I go to these seminars and events, you should see, I'm just... Yeah. Like I'm scribbling the whole time because it goes into neurology. Yeah. Do you go back onto them notes much? Um. Yeah. I got them yeah. all stacked up, like all the different books. And I go back. It's even funny going back. Like, um, I did. A, I don't know if you've ever done a board break or anything like that, where you put like it. Yeah. Uh, all your fears and stuff on one side, and who you want to become on the other. No. I did one yet. like even uh, ten months ago, and it was interesting. Um, the reflection on the two of them. The sums like even, uh, like ten months. It was probably longer than that actually. It's probably about eighteen months ago that one had on there things like fear of judgment uh, and I am enough, I am strong, like these things. This next one was all about service. It's like I'd, had, I'd seen, I'd ingrained everything on this side and I've had enough, I've just dived into stuff that I'm doing anymore that I don't actually give a fuck what people think of me <laughs> anymore. I used to have a big fear because coming out of the SAS, I never posted anything on, um, on social media. So this is a vulnerable time. Not many people know about this, about me, but because um, I was always like, clandestine and there was nothing you couldn't see nothing so if i went when i went to special forces they couldn't they're just like oh he's not he's not around but then when i wanted to go down this line of talking and speaking and doing this stuff oh the fear of like what's people gonna think mm. i remember when i did my first life like the fear come through me but yeah. then i've seen enough now that no like that i go i fucking change lives like i get the text messages you changed my life you saved my life yeah. you gave me the tools to save my friend's life tonight and i just go what anyone else thinks yeah that's right. so sometimes you got to find that leverage in yourself or the belief because you, sometimes you don't have the evidence for it so yeah. that's where that visualization and just that reinforcement probably my i am's from the other side yeah. i am enough i am strong i am and that and just the incantations over and over again can just cement something into yourself before you've actually achieved it yeah. like physically or in in it's in your head yeah. in your neurology yeah that's you know? what was good about that um that best self i was book i was talking about um here you actually have to do a lot of writing down you have to actually draw your anti-self write down all your um your, your bad traits um so that way you can actually once you draw and name your anti-self with all the bad traits whenever they start creeping up in your life you can actually identify it because you've actually named and drawn a person you know so yeah it's, it's quite interesting i like that i need to read this one yeah it's <laughs> a, a it's cool an interesting book. book it's a cool book yeah like um that was probably the first book that I read after I split, yeah, just yeah. to um, better myself. So, yeah, I'll probably look at doing it again too. I think maybe start of next year. It's good to roll back through them and see where you're at because you reflect on them differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah, I liked it. So, yeah, probably start of next year. I'll, I'll dive back into that book and see where we're at. You know, yeah. that Parlay Quello audio book, the dude that does the audio and it's brilliant yeah. too. So it's not like one of those ones you go. He just does all With the different David voices. And, voice, yeah, yeah, he does all the different <laughs> does all the different voices and brings the David them. Goggins one. I listened to that just recently. That, it's the same the guy that does that audio. It's really, really like yep. you, you get re in the zone. Yeah, it goes for like thirteen hours or something. <laughs> the big one. Have you um, heard um, or listened or read the uh, Aubrey Marcus Own the Day, Own Your Life? Yeah, I got uh, that book off you. Yeah, we have to. Right. So he talks. So he um, he has um, um, Wim Hof on his podcast a lot. So um, he's like the founder of On It, 
with um joe rogan yeah 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 so um and and he does he's very spiritual in that and does a lot of the cold breathing um cold water deep breaths and all that sort of stuff but he's had whim on whim on his podcast probably like six seven times but um yeah and he talks about that in his book and and napping through the day and and your diets and all this sort of stuff but that was a pretty cool and interesting book too yeah, so that's the yeah, read. Get yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we might do three before you flee. I've got three questions, mate, before we let you go. Um, the first one is what motivates you to wake up in the morning? Service to others, like in those positions where you really change someone's life or make a shift in someone's life, is what gets me out of bed when you can be there and in their darkest hours, like we said. I think that's I think that's what drives me. Next to it is probably growth, my personal growth, just relentless push for growing to be more so I can be more fathers, yeah, and in the community. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Next one is what legacy do you want to be remembered for? Mm, good question. That's a good question. <laughs> he gets all a few people, man. Yeah. He does, eh? Hey? One of my favourite things that I say to people too, a lot of things, but is people don't always remember what you said to them, but they always remember how you made them feel. So I want to be remembered for someone that every time I was around someone, I made them feel like they were important and they were special and that they could do anything in life and that I was there to support them along that way and that I was their fan, like a big fan at the same time. So there's probably a little bit in that that I need to dive into more in myself to be that person. But that's the legacy. I just want, yeah, you know, a good legacy for your family and all that. And I think that's a final effect of what I'm doing. Like, yeah. a, I, I want to leave a legacy across the globe, really. Yeah. Stuff we're doing, talking bro, we're looking to go Australia-wide and global uh, next year. And it's um, just a, a mission that taught me, that's another thing, a mission that taught me about to make suicide a thing of the past. So you can tie all that together in and just have guys opening up and speaking. But on a one-to-one -one level, I just want to make people feel more of themselves than they are and, be the one that says, hey, I believe in you, even if you don't. Special. Make them feel appreciated. Mm. Last but not least, what's next for Luke? We're good. We're not even two hours in, so you've got you know quite a while to answer this one. <laughs> I, see, I feel like it's going to be quite a lot. No, no. I could, <laughs> I'll, just just keep, I'll just write them down. I think it's just about the keep following my intuition, hey? Yep. It's definitely driving down this line like we're – Spartans growing, all of them are growing. I've putting on um, people in my Luke Connors business at the moment. We'll probably have three, four, five staff shortly. Um, but the heart is, it's really just a, a talk to me about growing. Like it's just the heart to um, push further across the community, like and just give. Like yeah, for building for me is a bit yeah. It's a it's a resource, it's a monetary thing mm. that comes into do other things. I still try and remember to yeah. You, you got someone's a huge investment in your hands, but taking what lights me up more is taking a, business, a building company to Nepal and, mm. and changing their lives as well as the people that are over there. That stuff lights me up. Um, so I guess it's wherever I can within the community, within uh, individuals' lives, one-on-one -on -one to community to bigger, just support people and um, keep growing what we're doing. Where we are, where I am now, I just fully know my truth is exactly where I need to be. So... Keep following with a gut. How rewarding goes. is that? Oh, man. Knowing where you need to be and this is where you need to be. 
Well, thanks for jumping on, brother. Yeah, um, appreciate it. Uh, plug. Super inspiring person, eh, to be around. You've made me sit here and think of a million ideas that I want to do now. But even just sitting in the same room, you know, pretty pretty blessed to have you here. And um, good energy, man. I definitely want to um, thanks, boys. Catch up with you more and plug your brain and. Yeah, you make me want to grow as a person, so we do appreciate your time and jumping on. So, where can people find you? Where can people find me? So, Facebook, Luke Connors, Instagram at Luke Connors. Connors is C O N N E R S. The E gets them every time, but <laughs> put the O. Um, yeah, that you follow our Talk to Me Bro page. That's um, you can reach out to me on that, just message on that and ask for Luke. Uh, that's the big ones. Yeah, if you're in Newcastle community, it's where can people buy. Shirts and can I talk to me, Ray? The yep. Facebook shop, yep. Again, reach out to us there. Um, the talk to me, Ray shirts. Get on them. We bought two and a half thousand for the um Newcastle Jets game just before COVID, and oh, then we didn't actually get the, the round. Do you know how much two and a half thousand shirts looks like in freight containers? Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, it like it, it, crazy. It filled, it filled this room up, yeah, it, yeah. It's huge, like pallets and pallets of shirts, oh, no. and uh, we didn't get the round, so we're selling them 30 bucks. It's cheaper than anywhere else yeah, you can buy them. It goes to a non-profit charity. It goes to us. The, the money goes to supporting more and more lives to mm. fight uh, mental health and suicide awareness. No, I love it, man. So get on board, support the shirts. And um, if you're a newy person and you need some building done, where do they find you? Spartan Projects. Uh, Facebook, Instagram again. Um, yeah. yeah. Get on get the boys. On. It's all about the the socials these days, isn't it? Isn't it it is. It is. Right. And, and it's about yeah. networking. Newy yeah, boys right. helping fucking other yeah. newy boys. So that's right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, brother. Thank you for your time. Boys. Appreciate it so much. Thanks Cheers, guys. Bye bye.